0: Welcome to the Taco Tuesday Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Triple D Wine and Spirit Distribution and Rico's Cheese. Here's your host, Spicy Gumbo.
1: Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to another exciting episode of the taco tuesday Fantasy football league podcast presented by rico's cheese i am joined by my best friend number seven in our league as of this morning but number one in our hearts gh guatemala hysterectomies how you doing buddy
0: I'm doing good. I'm I'm doing good. At spicy Gamba. I wish uh, we could have uh, recorded this yesterday because I was actually higher in the standings <sighs> yesterday. But uh, <laughs> alas, here we are. Yeah,
1: that is true. It is Tuesday. We are recording this, and yes, uh, unfortunately, Gh had a. Loss on uh, week ten that dropped him to number seven. Where were you before this? We are, by the way, listeners. We are a twelve-team league. We have three divisions, so six make the playoffs. And where are you at right now? You're, num- you're number seven,
0: I believe. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, uh, top six yeah. to make the playoffs, so uh, naturally, uh, seventh place, wherever side.
1: <laughs> well, I, th- I think in in, um, in, in our league, uh, so our listeners kind of little though. We 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 have we have we have three divisions, six for the playoffs. But you're right there, so I think. I actually think five, six, seven, and eight in our league currently are five and five. There are four teams that are five and five. Two are in the playoffs, two are out of the playoffs, basically based on points. So it really, I, th- I think a lot of these uh, tiebreaker um, scenarios that are come in a few weeks are going to be based on points. So it's, it's kind of exciting time right now. But um, other, than, other than your team losing, um, <laughs> how does your team look um, coming into week uh, 11? <laughs> how healthy you guys looking?
0: Apparent. Well, uh, apparently, things are uh, going to go from bad to worse. I think I got another round of uh, half the team on a bye week. Uh, and I guess it's kind of nice. Maybe I'm, I've crammed all my bye week stuff into two weeks uh, last week and this week. But uh, uh, injuries, not too bad. I got Marquise Holloway-Brown on injured reserve and Hunter Renfro on injured reserve as well. Uh, other than that, I should be pretty thankful. Uh, most everybody else is healthy, uh, knock on wood um uh, so we'll see and uh, you know i'm gonna run into a powerhouse team uh this week uh i think you had something like uh 900 points or something last week so uh
1: <laughs> so um what gh is referring to listeners is um so sometimes in, in our league we are in the same division we play each other twice this this season we have to be in different divisions so only get to play each other once so week 11 is a slugfest between spicy gumbo and gh and he is correct i was the high (laughs) score of our league this past week you know nfl.com uh fantasy puts out like the the perfect lineup every tuesday like if you had these guys in your lineup you did really well and i'll have like you know who your starting quarterback should be and who your running back should be and so forth. (laughs) I had, I had four of the eight guys on my team. That was part part of the perfect lineup. I was like, wow. Okay. No wonder I did so well, but yeah, that was just, that was just a one-off week, but my team is doing a little better after starting off on four. I'm now five and five. So, I mean, I can't, I can't complain that they've definitely turned it up the midpoint to the end of the season. So we'll, we'll try to keep it up.
0: I, I think the impressive thing about your uh, score, just looking at it now, is you didn't have anybody go crazy. You know, um, uh, you know, like a, a Joe Burrow eighty points or a Tua eighty points. You know, you didn't have anything like that. It was just very consistent, like uh, stellar games, I would say, from a number of people, uh, and and that bodes well for you know long term success in the league.
1: Yeah, consistency is really. I was just I was waiting for this team to kind of just get like that, get a little consistent. Just so listeners know, so I have um cd lamb jonathan taylor um dalvin cook all those guys had really solid games even my quarterback was a little off jalen hurts he had a pretty solid game so you know the, the team itself is built pretty well going into the last few weeks of the season i'm past most of my buys for the most part for my team so that i really really i'm just kind of Making sure everybody stays healthy. Hopefully that they will, and I think I could make a, a decent run at it through the playoffs. You know, I always feel bad for those teams that are kind of like, and we have a couple in our league. I'm sure listeners have them in their leagues as well. You got that like seven and three or six and four team, and they're they're like a third or fourth place, but they have like low on points. You know, <laughs> um, yeah. we, we have a couple on those leagues. So so um I was I was uh, actually thinking about offering my 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 good guest special guests um, on today's episode of trade, but I cannot because we are playing each other this week. I cannot, I cannot trade with you the week four. We're going to play, give you players to play against me. That's just not good strategy. <laughs> ne- next week, buddy. Next week. Well, but, so that's kind of what I want to get to. So number one, um, real quick, before I forget, um, and I want to get to this next segment. Um, if you listen to this podcast, you know, I mention it every single time. Uh, Follow us at TacoFFL on Twitter. Feel free to submit questions, comments, things you want to talk about on the show. If they are appropriate, I will put them on the podcast. Uh, So I have a new segment I want to bring up called our mailbag segment. So (laughs) with our mailbag segment, um, I get a lot of messages Uh, for different people, you know, for the most part, most people on Twitter are giving me like, you know interest in buying crypto or subscribe to my OnlyFans page and crap like that like i was going I was, I was going through them today but every once in a while you know i'll go into where i see a listener on there and, Oh, they have a good question so i have a couple of questions from um some listeners who you know talking about trades so um our first our first question is from a guy someone named jackson b from san antonio texas where we are based as a podcast and he asked uh, well, first, of all, thanks for the podcast. Love it. Um, thinking about last week's episode, my question is, what's the best trade you've ever been a part of, or what's the worst trade you've ever been a part of? So, um, GH, I'll toss that one to you first.
0: Um, talk to me. What's, your, what's the best trade um, you've been a part of, and what's the worst? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't have too many memorable trades, I would say. Uh, There's an idea of primacy and recency, where you remember the first thing and the last thing most prominently, and that in mind. You know, my last trade was with yourself and uh, you have to help me out here, but I think I traded away um, uh, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, and CeeDee Lamb for uh, a third round draft pick. We did Travis Etienne, Marquise Hollywood Brown, and Garrett Wilson. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, Garrett Wilson, uh, or excuse me, Marquise Hollywood Brown's uh, on IR might be done for the year, may come back late, late in the season, Uh, So thus far, things are not looking good. And uh, I know Dalvin Cook and especially CeeDee Lamb last week went off. Uh, So thus far, I think that's probably going to be my worst trade. My best trade, you know, I'm kind of racking my brain here. I don't remember the exact details. But, uh, you know, last year I got some nice draft picks, uh, you know, a first round and a second round draft pick. And uh, maybe maybe that was a good trade just because uh, uh, it kind of helped in the draft this year. But um, not terribly clear on that one.
1: So I think, yeah, so for listeners, we are a, I always, when I designed this league, I really made it so that we would be a very hybrid, like hybrid redraft, hybrid keeper, hybrid dynasty. So we have two keepers, we redraft the rest of the positions, we can trade future draft picks. So it's kind of a hybrid hybrid of a bunch of different um, aspects that I, I like about different formats so i really enjoy having this type of uh, format is having different parts of it so um what th is talking about is last year he he was not going to make the playoffs at least i don't think he made the playoffs last year no. and so he started trading away a lot of his assets and getting draft picks for this upcoming year and he had a couple good ones yeah i think he had two first round picks and two second round picks yeah. in the 2022 draft so it worked out well really well for you um yeah and then we had that trade where they, hey, you were just referring to it earlier in the season. I think I was 0-3 at the point and you were 2-1. and 1. Um, So we were just kind of like looking to you were looking to get a little bit stronger. I was looking for a reset and um, it's definitely worked out in, in my favor. But you never can't tell with these trades when they happen. You know, Garrett Wilson had just come off that crazy um, game with um, Joe Flacco, and it was it was it was a, it was a time to to sell those guys. Marquise Oliver Brown was coming up and doing well. So it, at the at the time, it was pretty it was pretty even. But you know, we it's just at the end of the season, like you said, it's hard to tell down the line how those trades are going to shake out. So yep. But interestingly enough, the best trade I've been a part of um, Jackson is that have also happened this season, and I didn't know how it was going to manifest until until this past weekend. So I traded away. Justin Herbert who was my backup quarterback and I acquired um, Jonathan Taylor so you know, um, was great yeah it was it was it was like it, was, I, it and this kind of is like a, a like i feel bad for jonathan taylor owners out there a microcosm for them so because and this happened a couple weeks ago this the, so he was on a bye and he was injured so i i've, I've had him for a couple of weeks he hasn't done much so it's first this is the first week he actually did something since week one but it's interesting like a lot of jonathan taylor owners out there i've talked to a few of them are kind of just e- exhausted from him like the you know at. It, it, Prior to this past Sunday, they were exhausted of Jonathan Taylor. You know, they wasted a huge amount of draft capital on him, hasn't manifested. And I think a lot of them were just looking to dump him for whatever because they did not think anything would come out of it. So like, like, I just got to get something for, for him, anything. So, th- luckily, the person that I traded with was also needy at quarterback. So, I was like, well, I'll give you Justin Herbert, pretty good starting quarterback. Um, you give me this guy, you don't want anymore. And people that drafted him really are bound to start him. like they really like they, 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 it's like it's like a mental mental block I have to start this guy He was my one one pick I just yeah. can't bench him and I think for me uh when I when I traded for him I'm i am eh. I'll just keep my bench till you know something happens and this past week obviously there was all that drama with the Colts new head coach they put Matt Ryan back in and I was like well, I think he's got a pretty good week so I actually threw him in my starting lineup and lo and behold he had a good week so good thing is coming around for Jonathan Taylor so definitely one of the, the better trades on my part um, real quick I, w- I, w- I wanted to bring this up um, with you GH and um so um, there is a another league so I, I do talk to other commissioners throughout the Twitterverse and, and universe of fantasy football. And I want to bring this up. Because I told him, I was like, I don't know about this trade, Dave. So <laughs> Dave is um, a friend of mine. He has a commissioner of another league. And we've tried to get together um, every once in a while for a league. It just hasn't worked out. And so we, I have had thoughts in mine. He hasn't had spots in his. But I still kind of get the going on with his league and see what's going on and I kind of tell him what's going on with our league and he told me there's a little bit of drama because someone traded Tony Pollard for Kareem Hunt and, <laughs> and it just seemed very shady at the time and the guy that traded him for the the guy, the guy that got Tony Pollard, immediately put him in another trade with another guy that had been wanting Tony Tony Pollard, and from the original Tony Pollard owner, and it just, um, and I, of course, I don't believe any collusion is going on, and I don't think anything was happening here. And the reason I'm mentioning this is because it kind of feeds into my next mailbag question. So this is from Greta E um frankfurt germany one of our german listeners and luckily we have a large number of listeners out there in germany i don't know how or why but i love it Uh, you know real
0: real quick real real quick uh side note uh interesting side note uh i believe frankfurt germany is the uh the uh locale for our international headquarters for tuesday taco tuesday fantasy football league uh (laughs) file that away
1: Yes, I, I, I believe so. Um, just, just uh, so listeners understand. So, I get analytics every week. Um, based on how many plays we have. <laughs> I always joke around. Yes, there are dozens and dozens of people out there that listen to my podcast. And I, I joke around like that because I like to do that. But then we actually have a um, a good a good amount of downloads and plays each week. Sometimes it breaks 500. Sometimes it goes over 1,000. So it kind of depends on the week. You know. Sometimes it'll, it'll be below 100 to 200, depending if I have a lame guest. So I'm just kidding. But some, <laughs> some, <laughs> some of my highest rated episodes have been with GH. So but, uh, but thank you for all the people out there in Germany listening. We do appreciate it. And Greta, she writes in and says, with trades in your league, do you follow a commissioner veto trade or a league veto trade rule? And what do you think is better? Um, great question, number one, Greta. Thank you for submitting it. And um, I'll, I'll I'll toss this to GH first. You know, we, we follow a league vote veto in this specific league. But what do you think is better, league
0: votes or commissioner veto? It's got to be a democracy because you want to take the onus off of the commissioner with regards to any decisions that are made. You don't want it to seem like you know one person is kind of uh, ruling with a heavy hand. So if everybody's allowed to vote on it, then you'll get to an equitable decision and it's hard to kind of place blame on an entire group. Uh, if the majority says that's what, what should be, I think that's the fairest way to go about things.
1: Yeah, and I 100% agree with you, GH because the the trade I was talking about earlier, the Pollard Hunt trade, and then Pollard to somebody else who originally wanted Pollard but couldn't get him. Um, he was I I believe that the offer was much better than Cream Hunt. That's what kind of the issue happened. Like um he, like I I don't know the specifics behind the trade, but evidently someone wanted Pollard traded. I guess someone wanted to give up someone better for Pollard. This person would do it, trade him for Cream Hunt. Instead, and then the guy who got Pollard went back to that first guy and offered him Pollard for somebody else. So, it just seemed a, a little a little a little fishy from the outside, but Dave, if you're listening, don't worry. I love you. I do not think any collusion is going on. I just think it was a very interesting trade from the outside of perspective. And they are a commissioner veto league. So with the commissioner involved in that trade and it being commissioner veto league, I think that's where it, it falls into. Yeah, you know, this is not kosher kind of kind of kind of kind of realm. So, but I, I, to to answer your question, I'm a big believer as Jay said, in democracy. We have been a league for four years. Most of us are pretty social. We're friendly guys. We don't veto too much in this league as far as a league vote. So we've had one trade vetoed in four years that I can remember, and we usually execute anywhere from you know um, ten to twelve trades a year, maybe more. That's probably the one caveat with it. I think GH is when it comes to a league veto system, a lot of trades probably get vetoed in in certain leagues because you got those guys ah veto ah veto. You know, like they don't don't care. They don't care (laughs) what the trade is. They're just gonna veto it. So I I think um, I think that happens a lot with those. With those. That's the only back. Um, the bad part about that, but I do believe that democracy is best when it comes to setting up your league and trades. Okay. Thank you, Greta E. And thank you, Mailbag Segment. So we are going right into it. And this is why I want to talk about these two mailbag questions is I would say there are about 20% of fantasy football league's trade deadline was last Saturday and the remaining 80% of football leagues, I'm pretty sure unless you have a special commissioner that reset it is their trade deadline is this Saturday. So continue on from what we talked about last week about buy low, sell high candidates. We're going to continue that with my special guest here, um, G.H. Toss me one. Toss me a person that you are trying to buy low. You are trying to go get and get on your team before the trade
0: deadline. You know, I think uh, that discussion has to start and end with uh, Jeff Wilson, Jr. Um, you know, a guy I really have loved the last three years. I'm married to in my league is Raheem Mostert. And uh, Jeff Wilson's just kind of burst onto the scene and started to take away uh, his carries. Uh, Mike McDaniel has come over from the Niners. He brought Mostert with him from San Francisco. And, and he's got Jeff Wilson now from San Francisco. And you can tell he's kind of married to the idea of, uh, of both of them. Uh, running that that running back room, and they they both ate last week. You know they they both put up really good points. So I think they can coexist. Uh, but that's a guy I, I definitely would like to have on my team, especially you know something does happen to Moser or, or vice versa. You know, it'd be nice to have both of the guys. You know.
1: Yeah, it's interesting you say that. Um, I think I think for both these guys, I do think Jeff Wilson is a buy low candidate, and I think Raheem Raheem Moser is a sell high candidate, and I think that was more true last week than this week. Um, because last week, the, they they were still kind of feeling Jeff Wilson out. He had a decent game, but not phenomenal. You kind of saw what was going on down there in Miami. It was like, okay, this is the time to go get Jeff Wilson and um, sell Raheem Mostert. Now this week, you're, you're right. I think this week you really saw both of them showcased well. Um, they had a great game, both of them. And I do think it's going to be a um committee running game 50 50 down there going forward i think you can drop chase edmonds or if you haven't dropped him already a few other miami running backs are pretty um non-existent down there if, if they're if is chase edmonds even still on miami or they get traded he's still down there
0: gh i don't even know <laughs> uh i'm not sure to be honest with you yeah neither yeah, <laughs> am i, I
1: as i for some reason i want to say he got traded but no I, I actually think he still is on um the, the the Miami Dolphins. So, <laughs> but anyway, regardless of those two, oh no 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 no, I'm sorry, he got traded at Denver Broncos. He's a Bronco now. Um, so I was thinking, I so said no no, I, I could have sworn I saw him. But he got traded with that yeah. big trade, Jeff Wilson. So he is a Bronco now. Regardless, any other Miami running back you have down there, <laughs> you don't need them. The Jeff Wilson, Reemos are only two guys. If you can get Jeff Wilson a team for a. Small amount of price, that is a great buy, but I don't think it's going to happen <laughs> considering most Jeff Wilson owners probably read the same thing as you and I read, that <laughs> he's, he's going to be pretty hype in that offense down there.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I think it really helps out is because they run the same offense in Miami that they did in... San Francisco, like all Jeff Olson said, it was he has the same West coast offense, you know, all I learned a few different words, but they will just to basically plug and play him. He would have to learn a lot of new players. Unlike when McCaffrey went to San Francisco, very different offense from um, Carolina, San Francisco, then to San Francisco to Miami. So um, I think, I think it's a great, great call out on that one. Another guy that I am kind of in the same boat with you, as far as a buy low candidate and almost kind of for the same reason, is Corderell Patterson. Um, yeah. He was on there. He went on IR. He's been out for a few weeks. He's just coming back to the team. And you have Huntley and Algier down there, you know, splitting carries with him. Um, but really, you know, I really think it's, 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 it's they're progressing him back into the, the, the mix. Like he was returning Kickoffs that Thursday game. He didn't have that great of a game. I mean, he only had a few rushes, I think five rushing attempts on that Thursday night game. So he is prime for buying low right now because probably you can probably pick him up for a, a, a different uh, running back to that. You could probably try to sell high right now on somebody else. Cause I do think that at some point they're going to just got to turn back to this guy. I mean, he has a missile coming out of the backfield. I love watching him return kicks. Um, his, he's feeling a lot better according to what he's saying. And I think this week is what he's going to have his big come out game where he's going to have, you know, 80 yards, a couple of touchdowns, so if you're going to buy low on Cordero Patterson, I do believe this is the week to do it. Sounds good. Yeah, Give me another one. What's the buy low guy you got over there?
0: Uh, You know, I hope I'm not stealing your thunder on your next one, but uh, I think Paris Campbell, uh, wide receiver for Indianapolis, uh, might be a little bit of a wild card moving forward. Uh, I like the fact that he's, he's uh, reuniting with uh, Matt Ryan and uh, You know, if you look at his targets, uh, he's been steadily going up. He didn't have the best week eight, um, but, you know, the last five weeks, his targets have gone 11, 12, 2, 5, 9, and he looked really in sync uh, with Matt Ryan, uh, had seven catches for 76 yards and a touchdown, and uh, I think that's something that will continue to produce uh, moving forward through the rest of the season.
1: I am not. I, Paris Campbell has been a thing for me for three seasons, GH. <laughs> I, I, I refuse to buy the fool's gold anymore. <laughs> no, um, I, I agree 100%. I, I, I do think the Colts kind of um, are turning a corner a little bit with their offense. I do think Matt Ryan at the helm uh, more than Ellinger gives them a better chance to win football games. I mean, I mean he's, he's still got a little bit of a pep in his step. I mean, he rushed for, like 40 yards. I've never seen Matt Ryan rush for 40 yards. like in 10 years. So it was, it, yeah. was, it, was, it was good to see him move around. I mean, it was the thing about, thing about what comes to the Colts and their offense is, you know, they were, they were playing the Raiders. So like it was, a, it's, a, it's a, it's hard, it's hard to, it's hard to gauge them when you play the Raiders. His defense is not that great, but I, on, on the same token, first of all, I 100% agree with you a Paris Campbell. And I think on um, the other side of that, um, offensive wide receiver front. You got Paris Campbell on one side, you got Michael Pittman on the other. I do think Michael Pittman is a great buy low candidate as well. He's only had two 100-yard games the entire season. Uh, Right now he's overall Mm -hmm. rank of 83. He's only had, you know, his target share is still there, and he's still running routes around 95% of dropbacks. And really, I do think we we may have missed a a little bit on him as well. I do think his buy low time was last week. Um, before this past game when Ellinger was still the quarterback uh, because they were just not throwing to him at all. So once we knew Matt Ryan was coming back, I think that was the time to get in there. But uh, I still think you get him for you know maybe uh, a couple of RB2s, maybe a decent draft pick and get him in your lineup. But this is the time you got to start trading for these guys because you want to set yourself up for the playoff run coming up in about four weeks. Um, on the flip side of that coin, my friend, are the – sell high candidates who are players that people have on their rosters right now that you that you think uh oh, that guy is at his peak value <laughs> that stock is trading at his 52 week high we, yes. <laughs> we we need to get him out of here now um, give me give me give me one of the players on the other side of a token that fits this bill
0: so, you know, I'll give you two. Uh, one's going to be kind of lame, and the other one will be sexy. Uh, I'll start with the lame. It's, uh, it's Mostert. You know, I kind of already mentioned why. Uh, Jeff Wilson's arrived, and he's kind of started to take from him. I've, I've been like you with Paris Campbell with uh, Mostert. You know, the last three years i have been a strong, strong, strong believer. But he's uh, been injured frequently, unfortunately, the last two seasons. This year, he's healthy. It's great. We're humming along. I think he's an elite quarterback. And uh, he's got explosive uh, play potential, especially for our, our bonus uh, feature in our league. But, again, they brought in Jeff Wilson Jr. And he's started to eat into that significantly, getting probably half the carries. And uh, I don't think it'll be detrimental. Uh, again, they, they both produced massive number of points last week. But it'd be nice for Mostert to get the lion's share of that. Um, and then real quick, uh, my sexy pick would probably be uh, Justin Fields. Uh, I, th- I thought he looked super, super exciting, uh, last week. And, uh, it's been a while since I've seen a player look like that. I mean, the, his escape ability to ability to keep the plays alive and again, generate those huge bonus points on the 40 yard runs, throws and touchdowns, um, which is really important for our league. His last two weeks, he's generated 73 and 66 points respectively, but the defenses he's been playing and have been great with uh, Miami and Detroit. Um, And uh, the weather's been pretty good for him the last couple of weeks. I think this this next week uh, against Atlanta, I think he's going to generate big points again. Uh, But you probably got to get it in under the trade deadline. So you may have to make a move before that even happens. But the weeks after that, week 12, he's got at New York Jets. Probably won't be great weather. And the defense is much better, uh, especially with Sauce Gardner up there at cornerback. And week 13, he's going to play against Green Bay at home in Chicago. Uh, You know, December in Chicago, usually not the best weather. Uh, week 14 a bye week probably not gonna have a great week that week week 15 he's gonna play again at home against philadelphia december 18th in chicago probably won't be great weather you're gonna have uh, crappy weather much better defenses and i think you can get the world for him right now you know he's putting up 73 66 and probably against Atlanta, he's probably gonna put up 50 plus you know i think you can get a lot of really great players for him and uh i think it's uh there's the, there could be some more downside ahead for justin fields especially when you look at what he did you know, weeks one through eight, he, he really didn't have too many stellar weeks, I would say, in those first eight weeks. Uh, so weather coming in, worse defenses, you know, I think you need to uh, sell high here.
1: Yeah, 100% agree with you on both of those sell high candidates. Um, definitely, definitely most of what we talked about. But I like the Justin Fields call, GH, for the exact reasons you said. Also, you know, there's a lot of QB needy teams out there. Right now, with um, Stafford still unquestionable, comeback. I think, I think Geno Smith is starting to come back down to earth to to, to where he was playing. So, um, you have uh, Russell Wilson team still struggling out there. So, I think um, if a person with with fields wants to be savvy and they have a viable person as a backup there that they can put in place. I think you're right. I think you can probably get a good number of picks for him or a good number of players. Um, you're right. Cause right now he is just playing, playing crazy, but on the backside of it, as GH knows, I'm a, I'm a big Chicago bears fan <laughs> I'm from Chicago yeah. originally. So, and um, just from my heart, it is nice to see Chicago, offense playing well i i've, I've seen so many <laughs> so many seven, 17 10 bear games or you know 18 14 bear games and it's just it's just nice to see them actually playing well i wish they could just get over the hump with their defense but it's one of the other but i'll take i'll take a i'll take a dynamic offense any day over uh Stone Cold defense to watch. Um, I like to have both, but it's nice, it's, it's nice to watch a, a dynamic offense. But um, you know, and kinda kinda of, kind of leading on that same token as far as quarterbacks go. Yeah, I think we. I think I may have missed the boat on Geno Smith because again, he is having. Uh, he came back down to earth a little bit this past weekend. He's still doing good numbers, some great numbers, but he's definitely not putting the numbers that he used to put up there. I mean, the guy's had 2,500 yards already, 17 touchdowns coming into coming through Week 10, and for the same reasons that you listed for Fields, he's got the Rams, he's got the 49ers coming up, um, Carolina, which has they, their defense is playing much better, um, and then uh, he played terrible last time he played against. San Francisco, less than 200 yards, no touchdowns, a couple of picks. So I think if you can trade Gino to someone who needs a QB and kind of dress him up and say, well, look what he's done this past nine weeks. You know, he's he's got to yeah. be doing better. You know, So I, th- I think for the same reason, you kind of dress up and try to sell fields. who's a little bit easier to sell than Geno Smith, but I think people should try to sell him. And on the running back side of it, I do have one running back who I would think was a really high sell right now is um, Deonta Foreman. He has had two 100-yard rushing performances in a row. Um, he is leading Snapshare 68%, but mostly because Hubbard was, 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 was injured. He was injured the last couple of weeks. Um, and prior to the injury, Hubbard out-carried Foreman. And when, Carolina, when the Carolina is trailing – his on-field presence drops because Hubbard is the better receiving back. So with Hubbard been coming out, been out of injury a couple of weeks, just coming back, I do think it's going to split into more 50-50. So coming off these last few performances where he really did well, I think he is a prime sell-high candidate. You will not get much more for him later down the line than you will get for him right now. That's a good pick. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree. So, okay. Um, real quick, I'm going to take a quick commercial break, guys. And when we come back, we're going to roll through some um, quick injury updates and some waiver wire pickups for you guys. And then, of course, a four question segment. We'll be right back. Sometimes you don't open an entire Ken and Riku's cheese just for yourself. Well, if you're me, maybe you do. <laughs> but. If you don't, don't worry. Rico's has you covered. They offer a variety of snacks you can take with you on a road trip, put in a lunch box, or eat whenever you want, especially if it's just a party of one. It's the perfect size snack. Look for Rico's on the go cheese sauce and chip packs wherever Rico's is sold. we're back so a lot of terrible injuries and recording this on tuesday we kind (laughs) of can get a better sense of how bad or how severe these injuries are so some key injury on the running back side um Leonard Fournette um his hip Uh, so they say he's day-to-day not as bad but uh I I don't know how Rashad White is available in 56 percent of crazy right now <laughs> uh whatever whatever fab you have left throw it at rashad white <laughs> so i don't i don't think there's a better running back out there to take take his place and he's had he had 100 yards he ran well he he received he's not as big in the receiving but he, he gets a couple of passes in there and i
0: think he can be a league winner
1: um what do you think gh i,
0: I completely agree and i think even when Fournette comes back, you know, I'm not so sure Fournette's going to be the number one back. And, uh, I think, uh, Rashad White's going to continue to produce. And I think he's going to get a stranglehold on that lead back position. So, yeah, I mean, I wish we were the type of league that had him, uh, available on the waiver wire, but, uh, unfortunately we are not.
1: Yeah. it's, And then the the, the universal
0: lubricant is they're winning.
1: They're winning football games with with him doing this well. So I don't think how they turn back to Lenny as their starter is viable at this point. But we'll see. Um, There's a lot of of Fournette lovers there in Tampa Bay, including Tom Brady. So that's just going to happen there. But I agree. Um, Another guy um, that I have been preaching for for the past like two or three weeks is Gus Edwards. Available in 53% of Yahoo and Sleeper Leagues. I don't know how that is possible. (laughs) But he is still available out there. I JK Dowmonds is not back off the IR yet so it is it is basically his backfield um, for at least probably for the next couple of weeks maybe maybe 3 it's hard to say but they have they have they have a pretty favorable schedule for coming up for any backs you know you know you know it's always going to be a committee there so no matter what don't expect Gus Edwards to take 100% of the of the snaps, but they are playing, um, the Panthers in, in Baltimore next week and the Panthers, you know, then they've been getting some decent yards on the run. Their defense is doing pretty good, but they still give up some decent yards on the ground. I do think, um, Gus Edwards will lead that backfield next week against the Panthers. So it might be a good idea to go pick him up. If he's still available, if not, see if you can trade for him. Yep. Agree. Probably the one injury that's probably got everybody scared in the Venice football world is Cooper Cup. So <laughs> Cooper Cup high ankle sprain, comes out at first high ankle sprain. And then he has surgery today, which is Tuesday the 15th. Um, so he is out a minimum of four weeks uh, mm. post-surgery. And I, I don't know. I, I personally think that the way the Rams – are going right now and you're taking away their, their number one fantasy and offensive weapon. I don't see them winning many more games without him in the lineup, especially if, especially if Matt Stafford is still out. So I don't even think they put him back in the lineup. If he gets healthy and they're, they're like three and 10 or four and nine, you know, no playoff chances. Why put this guy back in? last yeah, couple games of the season um, when there's no chance to make anything. So he may actually be shelved for the year. Like I really, I really, I really think that, I mean, there's a couple other wide receiver injuries out there. Juju Smith was concussed. JG had a walking boot. They say he's day to day, but I do think Cooper Cup was by far the most major fantasy blow to anybody out there who is a cup owner. So, Absolutely. um, but, what do you, what do you got for me GH? What do you, who do you, who's a who's a receiver out there and you know what I'm talking about that you're going to throw as much of
0: your remaining FAB budget at <laughs> this week. It has to be Christian Watson and, Oh yeah. Uh, I'm I'm kind of how much uh, he's going to go for. I think it'll be a, a really high dollar amount. You know, we're kind of getting it later in the season and there's a good number of uh, managers that have a lot of their budget still still available so you know, a guy that just threw up 41 points in our league, uh, eight targets, four receptions, 107 yards, three touchdowns, you know, looked like uh, Rodgers was looking for him frequently. And uh, it was a big breakout game. He's a massive kid. I think he's like 6'5". Um, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot still left to be uh, had uh, if, if you can get him on your team. So, yeah, I think it'll be a, a big value target. Yeah,
1: available in 92% of Yahoo and Sleeper League. So yeah, I I imagine a lot of cup owners will be throwing a big chunk of their budget at him uh, on Tuesday night. So a couple other notable receivers available. Kadarius Toney is available on 50% of leagues. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones, if you want to chase that fool's gold, available on 65% of leagues. Nico Collins. Nico Collins had a great great game for Houston, available on 87% of leagues. So there's some players out there. Um, but really, really, what you have to really keep in mind is you know, the trade deadline is this saturday for about 90 percent of leagues across all platforms so make sure wherever you're trading at your trade has to be submitted and approved by saturday at midnight um, don't think if you just submit the trade and the other party doesn't approve it, it it's not going to go through so i try and give it a little bit of help make sure it's submitted approved by the other party in the trade by saturday at midnight and even 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 if there's a league review se- session like on sunday or a 24-hour review or 40 AI review whatever your league does um just make sure it is submitted and approved by saturday at midnight but um okay we are done with all of the news and helpful trade advice it is time for the most exciting three minutes in fantasy football podcast it is our five questions five questions our four questions
0: segment You ready buddy mm. <laughs> mm. Thought I was getting a bonus. Yeah, I'm yeah.
1: ready? <laughs> Give you an extra question there. <laughs> I was thinking it's five minutes, but it's four questions. Here we go. You know the drill. And I even have a presidential question here for you, leading off. And <laughs> this is—I'm going to help you out with this question because I, when I first read it, I immediately went to one president. And I'm going to tell you that the answer to this question is not John F. Kennedy. Okay, here's the question: <laughs> What president worked as a model? For Cosmopolitan magazine in the 1940s.
0: He worked as a model. Well, that was a big hint that it wasn't JFK because it's like what you automatically think of. That's who uh, I thought of when
1: I saw the when I saw the question. I was like, no, I'll give him a hint because it is not JFK. You know, it was a different president. He was a model in his 20s back in the 40s um, for Cosmo. I actually, I, I really, I went to look it up, and there's a yeah,
0: there he is. He's on the cover kissing some lady. That's him. <laughs> So, uh, in the 1940s, and uh, did you say, sorry, did you say how old he was? He was
1: in his 20s. Okay. Uh, so I'm
0: wondering if it was, I know Ronald Reagan was an actor. Uh, it's kind of what I naturally think of. Bush would be about that same age, but he was kind of more military driven. Uh, and then maybe like, carter ford uh let's just say reagan
1: you said his name in those four it is not reagan it is gerald ford was the gerald answer ford. gerald ford yeah he was a model good looking guy he was dressed in the navy blues on the cosmo he worked as a model um up and coming before he became a uh a, a congressman so there we go uh, for,
0: for, forgive me for turning things around on you but uh do you know where he played college football
1: Ooh, was it michigan
0: that's exactly right. I there we go. Alignment, if I'm not mistaken. I think Offens
1: so lineman. too. Yeah, I think so too. I think he played at Michigan. So there we go. Okay. Uh, just,
0: just imagine uh, that was your life. You know, you, you played college football at Michigan. Uh, you're a model and president. That's yeah. that <laughs> the only three things he did in your life. <laughs>
1: I think I think he had a pretty good one then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. Number two. Let's let's let's
1: change it up. Let's go to '90s '90s TV '90s TV. Okay. <laughs> what late 90s TV show featured the characters Samantha, Carrie, Charlotte, and Miranda? Uh, Sex and the City. Sex and the City. I knew you were a fan. That is totally correct. Yes. <laughs> nice job, buddy. <laughs> I, I have to say, I've seen some episodes. It's very show. Okay. <laughs> Number three, baseball question. Chicago Cubs baseball question. In what year did Carrie Wood throw a 20 strikeout game? Was it 1996,
0: 97, 98, or 99? What uh, what was the first one? What
1: year did pitcher Kerry Wood throw a 20 strikeout game? 96, 97, 98, or 99?
0: Uh, 98.
1: Nineteen is correct. Nice Yay. job, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually was watching that game on TV, and they had the people up back there in the um, bleacher bums in the in the left field corner just putting um, K's on the building back there, and they a, they didn't have enough room because they, they usually whenever our pitchers out there, they'll out and put a giant K on the building back there in Sheffield Avenue, and they ran out of space. They actually had to like double up on a few areas because they didn't have enough space for all the the strikeouts he had. So. Nice job. Two for three. Two for three today. Last one. What Florida city is Golden Girls, the Golden Girls TV show, set in?
0: Well, that's a good question. I just I, like I automatically want to say Tampa because I think of like older people then. Uh, so I guess my choices are like Tampa, St. Petersburg, Orlando, Miami. Uh, definitely has to be more south, not like Tallahassee or Jacksonville. Um, St. Petersburg. Uh, let's go with Tampa
1: so close it was miami miami's the miami. answer that <laughs> makes sense i don't think of the golden girls when i think of miami yeah this is why I, I read the question i thought tampa as well um so nope. miami was where they were at so good stuff, good stuff. <laughs> well no two for four you did well buddy um i I can I can't fault you I think that's the, your your average you've you've been on the show twice this year and you've had two for four both times so you're you're consistent with your with your average in the four questions.
0: <laughs> let let the record uh show that I got the sex in the city question but not the golden girls question. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> he is a fan of 90s
1: um, younger woman tv not of 80s older woman tv yeah exactly (laughs) exactly oh well um my good friend we are coming to the end of our podcast i want to thank you for agreeing to be on it and offering these great tips to all of our listeners Um, we really appreciate it absolutely That was fun and i want to thank first also jackson and Greta, for their mailbag segment, we really appreciate your submissions. Please make sure you are following us at TacoFFL on Twitter and commit continue to send those submissions in. Of course, thank our wonderful sponsors, Rico Cheese. They help us keep lights on and keep us Absolutely. going here. We appreciate that, and nothing beats a good um, Rico's cheese um, on your cheeseburger or in your frito pie. Good stuff.
0: <laughs> Greta, Greta, swing by our headquarters in Frankfurt and pick up some free Rico's cheese. We will. I will.
1: I will. I, it. it I, and, and, and GH makes a, makes a kind of a, a joke, but if anybody on wants some Rico's cheese and if, if you see if you come to my garage in San Antonio, Texas, there is no way I could possibly eat all this Rico's cheese and popcorn they gave me. You give me your address, I will send you a free can of Rico's cheese Greta. <laughs> nice yeah i don't know if they can get that in germany who knows but i don't know if it go to customs or something like that but i'll get i'll get it there somehow don't worry
0: <laughs> she'll, she'll get the aged variety by the time it shows up yeah <laughs>
1: a few past few days past prime prime day for the cheese
0: <laughs> i actually think rico's last long long time in the
1: can i think like numerous years but <laughs> well, no, it's, it's a whole discussion at the time of canned condensed cheese but it's still good it's, stuff <laughs>
0: it's one of it's one of the few foods that's equally great uh like straight out the Grocery store, and twenty years down the line, down the line, when you're in the bunker,
1: exactly. I mean, if you are in a zombie apocalypse, that is the can of choice you want in your bunker is the Ricoh Cheese condensed premium cheddar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but no, thank you to our sponsors. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter uh, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Please remember to follow, like, give us a five star rating. It really helps out. Um, thank you to everybody listening. This was the Taco Tuesday Fantasy Podcast. Spicy Gumbo and GH signing off.